Hello, and welcome to Dice Punks, a tabletop role-playing podcast where we focus on playing full campaigns in less well-known systems. This week in episode 40, unexpected encounters may lead anywhere. Hello and welcome. I'm Adam, your friendly neighborhood game master, and joining me are... Hello, and I'm Drew, uh, and I'll be playing Leorian, V-Count of Tempo and increasingly successful giver of hugs. I'm Robin, and I'll be playing Darkness, Forge, Fury, and Everything Spice. That's what not-so-little Lismavias are made of. <laughs> I'm Dez, and ominously, I will be playing Rombat. <laughs> That is a promise and a threat, dear listener. You know, <laughs> by my count, this is episode 40, so I think we can afford to be slightly more uh, confusing, if entertaining, in our introductions. <laughs> Anyone is starting with this episode, let me recommend that you... Uh, yeah, uh, not start, start with the, this start, episode. Start elsewhere. You know, check out one of our one shots, or uh, you know, uh, go to the beginning of this campaign. Uh, We're happy case, to have you listening, but that's an oh, interesting sure. choice you're making. Yeah. <laughs> 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 not that we're judging you. Wow, Drew, <laughs> you're, you're ordering off menu a little bit. That's okay. That's fine. It's, Weird yeah. flex. Okay. You know what? I guess. Weird I guess flex, if you get the okay. vibe, if you get the vibe from this, and you're like, now I want to understand everything that just happened. That makes a little bit of sense because you know we're we're getting better at this all the time. I like to think. Uh, but, uh, we have a, uh, role from Romnet before we get started customarily. Indeed. Pair of eights, pair of tens. All right. Uh, let's see. Let us give you, uh, a bonus mortal experience point that has small flecks of lichen struggling to take root. That's uh, adorable. <laughs> Now that this train has started, it it is not stopping. I will I will continue to embellish the points anytime there is more than a minimal success. Uh, <laughs> I love like it. And I will dutifully record <laughs> it on my character sheet. So uh do we have any expenditure of experience points, mortal or divine this time? Uh I should probably note that I failed to mention it on air last time that all of our characters did get one mortal XP. Uh, uh, the players have been apprised of this uh, outside of session, but I wanted to keep our listeners... It's 10 XP to up a stat? Correct, yeah. yes. For your mortal character, she is 10 experience for whatever stat you want to up from whatever number tragedy. to whatever number. I don't believe Not this tragedy week, is then. a stat. <laughs> Not with that <laughs> I play a system of tragedy as a stat. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Well, you have to combine you have to combine that and time to get comedy as a stat. <laughs> Why has no one made this yet? We've already had someone in charge of time. That episode, I think, just didn't. Air. Right, that was a test episode for the system. That's true. That's true. Uh, we should still bring that back as like a premium episode with sound effects and stuff in it. 
we'll, uh, we'll we'll see what it, what we could do. Uh, I would like to I do classy foley work, but I also like the idea of like morning zoo, like right, yeah, just effects. like a radio yeah. soundboard. Boy, 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 boy. <laughs> um, I am technically spending some XP this time because I got a gift uh, in the last Indeed. session that was already budgeted in, though. So it's uh, the math is already done. We'll see mm. what happens with that drum, dear listener. Yeah, and so that's spending divine XP uh, for that one. Correct. Mortal, just to keep it straight, uh, because that was a gift from Dosk. Well, I think then that that brings us to our recap from last time, which this time falls to, well, Robin, who uh, I think is Lissa currently mm-hmm. in the timeline. Uh, but certainly either one could give the recap. Forgiveness is a funny thing. It reminds me of the geodes that one of Meemaw's attendants taught me to find in creek beds as a young girl. Forgiveness is difficult to find, but can be beautiful to behold once you get past the rough, awkward surface of the thing. And sometimes it's not beautiful at all and just hollow. But I seem to have found the beautiful type of forgiveness in spades. First with Varric at the Lightbird's new establishment. When I, as Mavia, first saw him, the memories of my commencement came flooding back. How little control I had over my emotions then. How feeling out of control in that situation brought me back to dark corners of my memories that I'd long pressed down. And the aftermath of unleashing not just my own fury, but all the repressed rage of those around me. I feared that my feelings, both past and present, made a monster of me, but I've since learned that there are far, far worse monsters in this world. Varric forgave Mavia, and encouraged me to do the same. Forgive myself, that is. I, well, Mavia, wasted no time in just tackling all of the difficult conversations. Then choosing to address Leorian and the loss of his friend, Aldry. He left to process, no doubt, and I was left feeling that I'd found the one crime unworthy of forgiveness. Then he came back, forgave Mavia, and then forgave me. The blame, according to Leorian, fell on this devastating, godly quarrel. The sentience of my past trauma and its rage, though now a seeming and unlikely ally, was the least of all the damage inflicted by this divine conflict. We enjoyed a quiet night over some of Varric's experimental cider. (laughs) At least he's thriving at being a barkeep, and at least Romnet seems to have distracted Thad. We left the establishment the next morning. Ramulus greeted me with as much warmth as he did my other, seemingly somehow more in the know than I was about our nature. He, he had decided that he would entertain our proposition of an alliance between Nobilis to put an end to our Imperator's godly conquests, but only if we were able to leverage enough power to intimidate the Deep. We struck out for Boar via nondescript landscape to check in with Feywa, and I was puzzled, then devastated, to discover both Rowena and Urian operating an inn in the middle of nowhere, or nothing, to be more accurate. They were dead, but not uncharacteristically nice. 
but not yet fully recovered. Dosk had somehow spared them, but I couldn't help but feel as though I were interacting with an echo of Rowena instead of the real thing. The sister that I wished I had. And we all know what they say about wishes. Dosk appeared apologetic and revealed that he'd saved those in Lernton who had died beyond the requisite 100, or tried to, anyway. His hope was that he'd be able to stabilize them enough to come and go as they pleased. And speaking of miraculous resurrection, Toheel, as it turns out, is alive and well. He enlisted himself with Feywa's cause. Apparently, both he and Theralda's imperators were dead, perhaps by Lady Celian's hand. At least eight remain on the field, but our situation seems far more pressing than ever, which is saying something. By way of prayer, we learned that Brother Umber was preaching against Dosk, Romnet, and I and Theret from Creasius Tear. Because this situation poses a potential risk to our power, and because I've been finding to, itching to find out what happened in Theret to begin with, we headed that way, post-haste, with Tohil and Feywa on a reconnaissance mission themselves. We arrived in a mostly empty room at an unfamiliar inn. My eyes found Envy first, drawing with her new materials. And then they fell to Philia, also drawing at the table across from her. Excellent. Thank you for that. Uh, it was an excellent recap. And brings us right up to the moment that we rejoin uh, our nobilis. You've all uh, arrived in this inn that you are not particularly familiar with in Theret and are facing a table near the wall where Imbi and Philia are drawing. Um, within the first second or so, Philia has looked over somewhat expressionlessly in your direction, but Imbi continues on whatever she's drawing. And with that, Ball is back in y'all's courts. Do you know that meme of the lady with the formulas floating over her face? Uh-huh, uh-huh, I do. Uh, <laughs> I will say for at least a beat, that is Lissa's expression, as she is forced to reconcile what she knows about Envy's commencement and the circumstances thereof with <laughs> Philia's, whom she saw Dosk bisect and then completely... Um, who knows what at the bottom of the ocean during their last conflict. No eyebrows in that statement. At such a point as Imbi looks up at us, I will just start signing at her. Hi, we missed you. How have you been? And so on. Um. Yeah, I mean, so far, uh, she has not. Uh, Leorian, these people are not familiar to you. Um, any particular reaction to finding yourself in an inn facing them? I will be awaiting social cues, which I seem to be receiving uh, mixed ones of. Uh, <laughs> but if no one else is speaking, I will probably give one of my deep bows and say, uh, uh, my, uh, my young ladies, it is a, a tremendous uh, honor to uh, make your acquaintance. We apologize for the suddenness of our uh, appearance. <laughs> Excellent. That does get uh, MB to turn in 
your collective directions. Uh, Philia, for her part, as you speak, sort of slowly starts to smile and it gets bigger and, you know, then gets big enough by the time you finish to, uh, you know, show teeth, which is kind of terrible because this girl is a drowned corpse that just hasn't stayed a corpse. Uh, and, you know, her teeth are not um, especially nice to look at. Uh, probably a little bit better to look at than her gums, but uh, neither is super pleasant. And, I wear uh, the expression of one who has met many nobles who think they're handsomer than they are. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, but when you finish speaking, uh, Philia sort of plops somewhat wetly out of her chair uh, onto the floor and gives you a ragged but precise curtsy uh, and says, <clears throat> and this is where I try to approximate a voice that I haven't done since like episodes in the teens. So if there's some drift there, please forgive me listeners. Um, but she says, pleased to make your acquaintance, sir. Of what are you the Lord? Uh, why of uh, tempo and, and you, if I may ask the deep, uh, sort of standing back up and squaring her shoulders. You keep interesting company, O Tempo. Point of order, I don't think I've met You have not Philia either. No. Uh but as you have not uh addressed her Oh yes. Uh she has has not specifically acknowledged you. Her her eyes are fixed on Lissa here uh when she speaks about interesting company um mb has just been watching but uh romnet if you are starting to sign to her is there anything in particular that you wish to convey hi we missed you how have you been doing what's been happening mm -hmm. uh she sort of takes this in and then slowly sort of turns back to what she was doing and begins drawing or writing much more rapidly uh you're not sure uh she hasn't finished yet um Leorian, you have a chance to respond to the comment about an interesting company lissa you also have a chance to you know join the conversation whenever you want i am going to Rush would be the wrong word for it, because I'm going to be moving with the cognizance that sudden movement could be misinterpreted, and the sure. situation is relatively delicate. So I will move rapidly but peaceably in Envy's direction and open my arms for a hug. All right, all right. Um, roll charm plus graces, five dice. The dice are not happy with me tonight, <laughs> so I have no matches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, you you move up, and Philia sort of regards you with narrowed eyes, but doesn't make any particular movements uh, in response. Uh, and when you approach Embi and sort of open your arms, she sort of looks over and up at you for a moment, and then 
uh, makes three more strokes on the page that she was uh, drawing on and holds it up uh, in front of her in your direction. Any, any and all of you can see it, but uh, she is sort of presenting it to uh, Lissa, and it is uh, a fairly detailed rendering of what could be either a... A uh, whirlpool of water reflecting the night sky, or the night sky itself swirling, uh, and a sort of, uh, if you've ever seen that uh, one painting of the fall of Icarus where he's just like off in the corner, uh, you know, and kind of a little, tiny little figure splashing down into the ocean behind all of the other like daily lives of, uh, you know, period people. Uh, it's a little like that. There's a, a small hand reaching out of the vortex kind of off to one side. Uh, and she just kind of regards you solemnly. Is that a Pesha? I point to the hand. She looks at the drawing, looks at you, and nods once solemnly. Is she okay? Uh, without so much as blinking, Imbi shakes her head once very slowly and decisively. Uh, Philia speaks up and says, My, you're quick to disregard a potential enemy, but fear not. I won't start trouble here. Good. She shoots a glance over in your direction. My company took me up on the offer of a drink or in NB's case it seems uh, buying new drawing equipment which looks really nice by the way money well spent and I, I smile at her uh, a face still grave she nods twice um, puts the page down and uh, sort of signs around you uh, back to Romnet that uh Things have been fast. Uh, <laughs> this is what you get from it. The pace does seem to be increasing. Um, Philia sort of tries again and says, I'm concerned that you don't seem curious as to why and how I'm here. Don't you think perhaps that would be of some interest to you, servants of the Obsidian God? For my part, as one who does not uh, serve the Obsidian God, I'm quite curious. Do forgive me, for I am but young, I say, realizing only after that I'm speaking to two children-bodied people. Philia doesn't quite assume this, you know, superhero stance, but you kind of get the feeling that that's sort of, you know, the mental posture she's in. She says, that's quite all right. You seem civil enough. I'll be happy to show you the ropes. Does she look any different through the sight? Um, different in the way that you are perceiving her, you know, sort of spiritual essence, sure, but it's not like you get a different, like, appearance of her physical form through the sight, no. So still relative same brightness and everything else from her... Pre- okay. <laughs> Yeah, anything that you are, are able to perceive that way seems the same as the last time you saw her. Um, in any case, uh, yeah, I, I nod gratefully, if non-committally, to her her offer of uh, of mentorship. 
<laughs> and uh, and I'm increasingly aware of the the tension in the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, she sort of gives a somewhere between mischievous and malicious. Let's call it mischievous. Uh, smile at Lissa and says. I've heard a little about what happened to your previous partner. Flew the coop, as I understand. He must be devastated. Flew the, the coop, how? She looks a little confused and goes, What did. You were. You were here. You would have. Abandoned you. Abandoned your Imperator. <laughs> oh, oh. I, uh, I thought you were talking about someone else. No. Daska's anything but abandoned me. Or Romnut. She sort of glares through you. Wow. You see. There is uh, nothing new within the coop. There is nothing new within the coop, but there uh, are other coops. Your information may be incomplete. Yes, I see that that might be the case. Well, perhaps you can enlighten me. At that, at that, I will flip on the sight in a very obvious undermining of my mm-hmm. gift. Uh, she's. What does she look like? She looks medium bright otherwise more or less unremarkable uh you know not a whole lot to uh be able to tell just from looking um you can sort of intuit at least that uh the the power that she does have does not come from her sort of, you know, supernaturally reanimated body. Uh, It is about as decrepit as it looks. Interesting. Um, And so when you use the site, it becomes, you know, obvious to Nobilis who care to look that, you know, you are of the nature that, uh, that you have. Am I correct about that? Uh, I mean yeah. that I am a nobilis. Um, yeah. if, if it counts as the the expenditure of any miracle, yeah, it's it's a le- uh, a level zero miracle. Um, but it is a miracle. Cool. Uh, and so she sort of cuts herself off. Uh, you know, with her sort of challenge to enlighten her, and she says, "Interesting, interesting. The other has been replaced so fast. Well, no matter. I." Wonder why you're here, though. Mm-hmm. What, what could possibly have brought you back to Theret? To look after my friends. A priest. And I say mm-hmm. that staring directly at Envy. Sorry. Back, backing up slightly. Could we replace that with a meddlesome priest? <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> Certainly. Um, I like to think that both of these were said in unison. Yeah, more or less perfect, perfect unison. unison. Yeah. Uh, she sort of blinks and then gives a wry smile. Oh, I'm, I assume you're talking about Umber. Well, perhaps we have common cause then, at least in 
a certain way. Uh, MB has been mostly watching this transpire, kind of scribbling idly. And uh, at mention of Umber, she sort of slides off of her chair and onto her feet and sort of, you know, looks around uh, briefly uh, and then reaches out and puts a hand on Philia's shoulder sort of from behind and to one side. And Philia looks over at her and says, yes, well, of course. Um, Should you think about taking any untoward actions, given our mutual history, I think you should know that my master has allied with Imbi's Imperator and allow that to flavor your calculations before you step out of line. So we had heard from Rymalush. Hmm. I, if this is not true, I'm willing to a- have it be a lie. It's fine. Uh... She she does either way, sort of narrow her eyes at you and go. You've spoken to Rymalus. Hmm. I suppose that makes sense. How is the old windbag? As delightful company as ever. Hmm. And you should note, since we are doing calculus, it seems, that what stands before you is a union of no less than Three imperators. She blinks and says, Most interesting. Well, perhaps that should be enough to give us a little little bit of detente. The... Hmm. The conflict was always on your end, Philia. Further. The conflict, she says with a fair amount of acids uh, in her voice, was always on the parts of our imperators. Yes, and that... That's also outdated information. Well. The conflict is among and between the Imperators. All of them. At the end, there can only be one in this... foolish war. We seek to end it otherwise. We found another way. Her face assumes an expression that you would feel comfortable calling carefully neutral. How would you feel, Philia, if the object of the war were to vanish? Or, say, be killed? rocks backward and forward on her heels a little bit. It's a surprisingly girlish gesture from a nobilis who typically... I would like this also to be a uh, charm fascinate as I am trying to open diplomacy here. Sure, go for it. Uh, So that is for and master die. That is a pair of tens. All right. Um, so yeah, she sort of, you know, uh, does this little rocking gesture, seemingly unconsciously, that is, uh, you know, uh, more in harmony with her outwardly kind of girlish appearance than most of her conduct that you've seen from her has been. And uh, she looks considering. She says, eliminate the object of the 
you do realize that that has a non-zero chance of undoing absolutely everything, right? Of course. Oh. There are risks. Okay, so you're all crazy. <laughs> Good to know. I've been quiet. I'm still quiet. <laughs> but at this point, I smile widely. We do have nothing on our side. She opens her mouth as though to say something and then slowly closes it and says, All right. Okay. All right. Um, well, we have, I'm sure, plenty we could discuss, but, um, perhaps you would be interested to, well, see what Umber has been up to as well as the, um, fruits of our alliance here. Uh, I will nod at that. There may be, if you are interested in hearing further things, be room for further discussion of that. Especially because I suspect you may be interested in what the previous over previous over god had taught me. She sort of inhales and shakes her head and says I'll hear you out if you come on a walk with me first. Um Indy, are you coming? And uh Indy sort of uh puts the finishing touches on a sketch that she's been making while you've been talking. Um, that seems to show the sky in a sort of landscape from altitude constricting the land below it. Uh, and she gathers up all of her supplies and sort of rolls everything together and puts it in a little satchel that she picks up from next to her chair, slings it over one shoulder and nods once. Um, and... Philia looks expectantly at your trio uh, and then starts heading toward the door. I say uh, talent and vision both, young miss, then realize I should probably go through Romnet and say, could you tell her uh, talent and vision? She's not deaf. Oh, well then talent and vision she, both, young miss, I say, with increased... She, she is <laughs> silence. Indeed. And oh, well, that, that explains much and more. Uh, talent, vision, and... Uh, an eloquent silence, if I may. She sort of cocks ahead at you and then shrugs one shoulder and nods nonchalantly and walks to follow Philia out of the inn. And composure. I, I will, as... <laughs> In character, I will snort instead of busting out laughing. Sounds good. Fair enough, fair enough. And further... Uh, Introduce myself to Philia as I'm Romnet, Duke of Murder. That seems to bring Philia up slightly short. She misses a step and sort of turns to look at you and says, Well, I'll be damned. Why don't you, no offense, walk where I can see you? Oh, he doesn't commit the murders Wise. himself. <clears throat> Philia 
does her best to look like this is neither comforting nor discomforting to her. (laughs) (laughs) I'm simply in charge of it. She nods, pushes the door open, and leads you out onto a street that is sort of on the uh, water side of the hill and right sort of on the transition between sort of the lower portions of the hill that are more harbor-oriented and the upper portions of the hill that are more merchant-family-oriented. Uh, you know, sort of uh, that that meeting place area. Where is NB, like, in the formation as we're walking? Uh, directly behind and to one side, Ophelia. I... Make an effort to walk on the side that is not closest to Philia, next to her. <laughs> okay, all right. That's um, easy enough she to has, do. She has, you know, she's a kid, so it, it probably results in a comical slowing of my pace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, your options are to shuffle or to take one stride for every, like, three of hers. Yeah. I, uh... I murmur to her, knowing Philia can still likely hear it due to the proximity, but I don't care. But Mm -hmm. I uh, murmur to her, how can we help Apatia? Imbi sort of lowers her head and glances out of the side of her eyes, way, way up at you. And she just shakes her head once. How can we help you? She sort of does a movement as though you'd expect her to sort of give a quiet laugh, but of course no sound accompanies it. And that's the extent of her response. I... Chew on my lip for a moment. That was partially in character. And then very carefully say... Does Amela know where you are? Hmm. Why don't you give me a charm plus graces? Five dice. You're going to hear me roll twice over here, not because I'm rolling twice, but because I want to reset my superstition with the dice. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> for this one, which is to say I roll all my dice, and then I only use the ones that are uh, performing well for that are nice. a future roll. Because <laughs> uh, hopefully that bit is fun. Only the dice so nice you roll them twice. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. This is a real roll now. (laughs) Oh, wait, 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 wait. I have a pair of ones. Lady luck. All right. (laughs) I uh, thought I had nothing because I saw seven and realized I was staring at the side of the dice. Okay. So at first... All you get in the way of response from Imbi is sort of a slight stiffening that goes away after a moment. And then she gives an over-casual shrug of one shoulder without looking up at you. I, uh, 
rest my hand on that shoulder and give a slight squeeze. You feel a little bit of the tension bleed out of her in response, but she is sort of staying very closed off for the most part. Philia, leading the group sort of to one side of Romnet, uh, trying to keep him in view, uh, has been leading you... Can I subtly make it difficult for her to do that? I suppose. Just yeah, to be a little uh, shit. Not, <laughs> not going to make you roll anything for that. Uh, you know, I'd be willing to well, roll. Sure, to but it's not going to make a difference. <laughs> if you're trying for annoyance, then you can be annoying. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I want it to like sit between, you know... Something about this guy is difficult to keep in sight, and oh, he's doing it deliberately. I don't want it to be okay. consciously okay. obvious, or obviously conscious, yeah, rather. You know, you you find what you think is the right balance, and she just, for her part, seems to be trying to keep you in view without walking into anything. Um, so she is splitting her attention, uh, you know, the whole way, but she is leading you all toward the harbor district, uh, down towards the water. Uh, fairly directly. As you are, you know, sort of getting on the straighter thoroughfares down the hill, you can actually kind of see down to the water. There seems to be quite a lot of movement, and uh, from what you can tell, it looks like a lot of work has been done for the amount of time that has elapsed uh, in the Harbor District after the siege. Um... Philia seems to be leading you vaguely toward where you can see a knot of people sort of on the main harbor side thoroughfare. As you approach, she slows and sort of keeps you to one side of the road a little ways back, not wanting to make your presence obvious. Uh, but, but from this distance you can see that the knot of people on the main harborside thoroughfare uh, are all paying attention to a familiar figure brother umber you can't distinctly make out what he's saying but he's pretty clearly preaching probably a little bit more noteworthy to most of you is that you can see some of those abyssal behemoths that you've associated in the past with attacks from the deep doing manual labor. They're carrying things around. They are repairing structures and piers. They're even, in some cases, doing maintenance work on ships. After a moment or two, whatever Brother Umber is saying, he gesticulates wildly at one of them that's sort of climbing up the side of a larger trading vessel. Uh, he appears to be agitated. Is our quarry uh, pro or anti-monster labor? <laughs> Philia fields the question and says, Well, you'd have to get too close for comfort to hear it yourself. His gospel is one of the obsidian god is the sole true divinity in the world, and the obsidian god's own servants have forsaken them. 
he was always a bit of a heretic. Hmm. Where do the sea snacks uh, play into his sermon again? He seems to be gesturing at them a lot. Yes, well, they are <clears throat> the foul spawn of a demon interloper, I believe were the words I heard him use last I was able to get within earshot. I don't like to get too close now because he and the people who are most in support of him tend to throw things. They can't really hurt me, but it's not fun and uh, doesn't really help anything. We've offered our assistance to some of the merchant houses. The tears have been a little mm, recalcitrant, but the others aren't in as much of a s place to refuse. But Umber there, he doesn't like our meddling. He thinks that we're trying to peel the faithful away from his one true god. He's making it rather difficult I mean, to you? set up actual worship here. Like I said, aren't you? Well, of course. But he's also trying to do that. He just doesn't know it. He's zeroed in on darkness as the only thing that really reflects on the Obsidian God. Is she focused on Romnet as she's saying this? She's been more or less focused on Romnet whenever she can be since you left the inn. So she's not looking at me You're as welcome. the important information. Correct. Yeah. I'm going to hand over the steering wheel to my good friend Mavia. Okay. And murmur darkness <laughs> and smile. Philia hears you, but she doesn't turn to look. She says, yes, yes, you know, certainly the thing that the Obsidian God uh, is known for best among the mortals, but hardly the extent of their portfolio. And, well... We are aware of this as well. I will just nod over at Mavia. I uh, help out as best I can by saying, uh, you might do well to uh, note the company I keep. <laughs> Taking the cues, Philia sort of turns with a bit of an irritated grimace and sees Mavia standing where she expected to see Alyssa and uses every muscle in her body to avoid taking a, an involuntary step back uh, and says, Oh, it's you. Hello. Mm. Darkness, indeed. Mm. My point in all of this is Umber's imprecations against our assistance dovetail nicely with his misrepresentation of the Obsidian God's interests in Taraxis, wouldn't you say? I don't know quite what his motives are. Obviously. As I've said, he's always been a little bit of a heretic. Yes, well, he's a loudmouth and a crackpot, but enough people listen to him after the siege, and have tried to explain that the hard feelings were from an effort to disrupt 
Palaran's forces, and that now that we're neighbors, we should probably be good neighbors, but, well, unfortunately, not everyone is open to hearing it. So, I think we can help each other out, is what I'm trying to say. It's good for all of us if Umber does whatever it takes to not be around anymore. Bonus points if we can discredit him. I draw out the newly repaired drum, which I'm not sure we've ever described. By all means, go ahead. It's a frame drum. Listeners would recognize it as a precursor to a tambourine. It's small, it's round, uh, skin on one side, air on the other. When it's played, it's played, it, it's played with a... <laughs> I'm realizing this is a word I've read but never never heard said. Uh, a, a, a capine? Is that what it's called? It, mean, it means kindling in Irish, but a small beater thing. Uh, mine looks a little like an hourglass. It didn't before, but it does now. I begin to play it once I'm sure we're in earshot of Brother Umber with the intent of slowing his speech in a way that would seem perhaps discrediting, but mostly surreal and off-putting to anyone listening. Point of order. Was Brother Umber, is Brother Umber, a, members, a member of the Watchers in the Darkness? Um, you know that that cult that hasn't come up in forty episodes, other than bare mentioning. Sure. Uh, yeah. You. It's funny you bring that up. <laughs> you do not. You do not know of him, which means that either his involvement was very bare, or he might have been part of the Splinter. Oh, the Watchers oh. are the Splinter. Sorry, I had the preposition being the uh, bare difference there. Without looking at it, uh, uh, it had escaped my mind. Um, so he is not known to you, but it stands to reason that he might have been. Oh, uh, yeah, of those that you were aware of, uh, you know, he didn't appear in their roles, but it's very, very possible that he could have been added after they departed okay so um to the drum as dusk intimated uh it allows leorian to borrow time um some things go faster or slower or stop uh the uh hearing of the drum is operative in having it take effect and as the borrowing implies the time has to be given back uh the longer that leorian goes without doing this voluntarily the more inconvenient the repossession of time eventually becomes so you are trying to interfere with uh umber's sermon by having it become slow and surreal lugubrious um, unto surreality yeah <laughs> it takes effect immediately he does not seem to notice but after mere seconds his listeners certainly do they sort of start to murmur and look at each other and a few sort of lean in to try to see if they can make more sense of what he's saying Philia is sort of regarding you curiously and 
unconsciously inching away from Mavia uh, <laughs> while she does. Um, Another question. Mm-hmm. He's been preaching against us yeah, in particular. But is that inclusive of Mavia? Because I'm not sure if Umber knows Mavia. <laughs> 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 Further point of order question. Can Mavia become mm-hmm. close? <laughs> <She> can. <laughs> You're not her of one so, line, I think. Yep. What Philia has told you has not confirmed or I don't know what the word would be here, not exactly denied, but uh, disconfirmed. I don't know. <laughs> refuted. Uh, that, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, that's the word, refuted. Uh, that uh, Umber has said anything about Mavia. Um, Philia has actually been frustratingly vague in all of this, um, but it appears that it may be as much from difficulty hearing the actual content of the sermons without having things thrown at her uh, as any sort of dissembling on her part. So, yeah, there's, there there's a lot that was unclear. Any signatures of fury that strike me as familiar from his crowd. Hmm. Particularly in the aftermath where, you know, some of us mm-hmm. marched. Right, right. I'm going to make a roll uh, to just kind of a, a pure luck roll to see if there are or aren't. Um, not in this group. It is a, a fair number of people to be gathered up on a street, but it probably tops out at around 40 or 50. Uh, so... It is not statistically unlikely that nobody there would have been in your group from before. Uh, you know, so so in this case, nothing seems familiar. Although observing the fury, you do detect a fair amount of it, and it isn't concentrated in any one person except for Umber, and uh, directed seemingly at virtually everything supernatural except mot themselves this is table talk but would it be worth a lesser change of fury to redirect that it would cost me one miracle point which will make my most precious uh category a little bit more scarce bring me down to three the combinatorial potential of what I'm doing and what you stand to do might be worth it if we're looking to. Uh... Yeah, I, I think it's probably worth. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. These are mortals. I'm mm-hmm. going to do a lesser change domain miracle. Mm-hmm. And. I am going to change that fury from a disdain of the supernatural except for circumstances regarding Mott to the fury of being lied to by specifically Brother Umber. Okay, and so you are you are not altering Umber's fury in any way. You are I'm only operating the- on his audience wait so was the disdain of the supernatural only umbers 
Well, no, no. Okay. It was shared <laughs> by those in his crowd. That's what I. I I'm only my question changing. Was, yeah. Well, would it be worth more worthwhile to change the crowd or Umber in this case? Oh, see, I want to piggyback off what you're doing. Okay. Oh, I see. I would like to create a lesser murder by words. Hmm. <laughs> I like where this is headed. <laughs> when you said piggyback, I was like, Umber's about ready to get shanked. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I specified. You are uh, changing the crowd's fury mm-hmm. to be directed at Umber over yeah. real or perceived dishonesty. So then, uh, Romnet, like you are... And I would like to murder his reputation by word. And it's okay. the sudden gnawing fury of realizing you've been lied to. Okay. Let me make a little bit of a chaos roll here. <laughs> okay. He's under the effect of the drum. He's slow and surreally slurring. Um, and you can see Navia's miracle take effect, changing the sort of energy of the crowd by fits and starts as it kind of bounces around uh, among them. Uh, how are you approaching? I know you said sidle, but, you know... Uh, uh, I, I would like to find myself at approximately his position mm-hmm. and or be able to project in such a way that I might be able to set myself up as an opposite pole to this Mm -hmm. argument. So two questions. First one, are you, uh, are you interested in using an aspect miracle to accomplish this repositioning? Uh, not especially interested, okay. but if it is what is necessary, then absolutely I will do that. Well, because if you use an aspect miracle, even a free one at level one, it does make you more obvious, but it also okay. lets you choose essentially where you want to be in very short order. I mean, certainly I would use a free one. Yeah. We all like free things. Right. Um, okay, so you, uh, you know, sort of using metahuman levels of aspect sort of uh do a little sprint a jump a climb a settle and in short order you are sitting on top of some uh stacked crates near a wall uh just sort of diagonal to um umber's kind of direction of address into his crowd but well within uh earshot and eyeshot you know probably making uh anybody who then perceives you wonder how they didn't notice you before um, are you looking for sort of like casual or menacing or official or what? Uh, extremely present, mm-hmm. not particularly formal, but not like actively casual, just respectable. Someone about to offer a different opinion on matters. Okay. So the first that anyone in the area is really aware of your presence, you sort of slide from your uh you know initial perch onto sort of like the next box down in the stack and it serves as sort of a podium of sorts uh you know for you to sort of stand on you know looking uh very self-possessed um let's go ahead first get your uh speech roll here sure uh what speech roll should i roll if you're trying to affect this group of people's 
you know, uh, reaction and sort of state, then the default role there would be a command inspire. But you also have perform oratory. I do, and I don't think that I've ever fucking rolled it. Okay, so com- uh, can I try for charm instead of command? So I was about to, I was about to say your options here are command plus perform oratory would give you two dice and that would be a uh on a success right you would very sort of be you'd be sort of very directly persuasive this would be you know sort of the the vibe that you described going for uh you know a moment ago if you were to use charm and perform oratory that would give you three dice and on that a success would be more like you present yourself well and people are willing to you know sort of think positively sure. of you and and give your words some thought but they aren't going to have the weight of and authority is... or persuasion behind them okay uh Can Aspect interact with this role? Certainly. Um, so the way I've been doing it is, is that a level one Aspect Miracle maxes out whatever role you want to make. Uh, in this case, uh, I would say that that holds true. If you wanted to spend Miracle Points to raise your Aspect Miracle level above that level one that maxes out your role, you can start to get sort of um, remarkable results, right? You can be preternaturally charming or persuasive as you move up that uh, you know, sort of scale of miracles. I will drop an aspect miracle point on this. Okay, so that's going to be a level 2 aspect miracle. And which version of the role are you using for that? Uh, I think I will go with the command mm-hmm. inspire, or the command oratory. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the style I am going for is very uh and Brutus is an honorable man uh-huh. style murder by words. <laughs> All right. Uh we can abstract this to the degree that you want to. If you would like to give a sample of your oratory or you wanna just describe it or you wanna do the whole thing, these are all fine. Before any of that, what I wanna ask is what core thing do you want this group to be persuaded of when you're finished? Brother Umber is not an authority on the affairs of Mott. All right. So what... I was going to say, what do you say, or what kind of thing do you say? I, I will greet everyone and apologize for interrupting the good brother Umber, but I fear that there are some points that need clarification Mm. as although it is the case that brother umber was in uh why am i forgetting dusk's family's name tier uh tier thank you was in the the tier mansion during the planning sessions for how to defend Therat from the invasion, he was not an important part of the planning or 
there on anyone's behalf but his own proclaimed voice as a priest or whatever his title currently is, <laughs> and that is actually what I say, mm -hmm. of the Obsidian God. Uh, and he did not indeed recognize the true and appointed representatives of the Obsidian God. Uh, some of you may have heard, in fact, about his primary contributions, namely to the Tyr family's cleaning bills. Uh, I am alluding, of course, to his furious need. <laughs> So, um, as you are developing that part of your oratory, you notice that it seems to be having a sort of opposite effect to what you had intended. Some aspect of their perception of Brother Umber is working counter to your point. Uh, there, you are using miraculous aspects, so you're able to sort of track it before you, you know, get like too committed to that point and you okay. sort of you know uh decelerate off of it but you you still talk about um you know his uh essential lack of credibility on what the obsidian god might really want or value or prize and i will go on to say that yeah you know, I, I will test the reaction to assertions that there are indeed multiple gods but each of them demands primacy, so of course, be certain in your allegiances. And that goes over way better. Uh, and you sort of, you know, get back on it. Brother Umber, for his part, keeps on trying to issue a rebuttal, but of course he is under the effect of the drum and can't make himself intelligible uh, or timely. And let me know when I would be spending domain points for the murder by words. Sure, uh, let me... Uh, double check my math here um you are looking for a lesser creation yeah uh i believe you're going to be able to get that one for free beautiful um, because that one is a level four yep so yeah you are okay on that one uh as i am uh pretty sure that i have that all correct um apologies uh, and pausing here i i will conclude with brother umber and the watchers of the darkness i will stress the uh appropriate uh preposition there mm -hmm. it should be known our pretenders to authority and knowledge on the wishes of the obsidian god and at that point i will sort of nod toward mavia as a cue if you wish it to be yeah i will uh stride out from wherever i am standing albeit hopefully in a way that does not draw attention to the rest but oh well I, uh, of course, am walking with primarily tentacles and making myself... Yeah, I mean, glorious. if you are walking on shadow legs, mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you're going to be the focus. Sure. Are you saying anything to the assembled crowd, maybe? I am doing a ghost miracle 
of darkness mm-hmm. into I am assuming the eye is the symbol of Mott. So the symbol that you are familiar with is a closed eye. Yes. So I will make this appear in darkness um, directly before me Mm -hmm. as I approach. It is at this point that Brother Umber sort of becomes freed from the effect of the drum and seeing the eye, he sort of like goes red and points at it and says, you blaspheme. Nobody particularly pays attention to him as they have a glorious dark diva, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I will, I will cut in still with the aspect. Mm-hmm. No brother, you misunderstand. At this he- if I can, I make the ghost miracle eye open mm, mm-hmm. and glare and judgment at Umber. Okay. All right. Um, interesting. What do I want to make you do? Can you roll a command plus intimidate for me? <laughs> Really? <laughs> you may have a bonus die on this because you are glorious and using a miracle to help you with it. That's going to make the pool three. It's not nothing. Uh, got a six and a nine. I'm going to. Is it? That seems like lady luck. Yes. Still no matches. Oh, okay. Damn. So the crowd seems fairly awed by this, you get an unexpected reaction from Brother Umber. His hand's still outstretched, his face still apoplectic. When the eye opens, he looks stricken and then sort of transcendent. And he sort of wobbles in place and then runs off. He just takes to his heels. I turn, I allow the eye to fade and turn my attention to the crowd. Do you have the eye closed again? Yes, I have it closed before, good call. (laughs) I do close the eye prior to allowing it to vanish, uh, hopefully with the visual telling that the obsidian god is now placated by Brother Umber's absence. And I turn my attention to the crowd. And first and foremost, I want to look at them with the sight. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've done that yet. I want to make sure there's no other forces um, having worked through Brother Umber, since this sudden change in demeanor is a bit strange. There doesn't seem to be any evidence of that. You don't see any sort of miracle prints, as it were, in okay. the crowd. Um, And then I'm also going to take a sort of litmus test of their fury Mm -hmm. and ensure that it is not directed towards me. Not directed towards you. It's sort of like where a river has a direction of flow, but it sometimes gets into like 
aimless eddies or sort of you know where there's a wide curve kind of stiller towards the edges it sort of seems to have become a little bit muddied like that and in doing so seems to be dissipating some okay i am going to address them saying in my full glory my children do not bother yourselves with the words of false prophets. I am sure you have heard of me and all that I and the Obsidian God have done for you. Interesting. I would like you to make a roll. Inspire? I'm trying inspire. to be inspiring. <laughs> Command plus Inspire, it's uh, one plus a Master Die for you. You do have a minimum height difficulty on this. I am rolling so poorly tonight. That's a pair of fours. All right. The crowd's reaction is interesting because they do seem awed. They do seem reverential. They also seem a little confused. One of them near the front... A woman of middle years um, sort of drops to her knees slowly and looks up at you and says, Dark Mistress, where, when should we have heard of you? Please don't take offense, but this is all so new and sudden. I... In the aftermath of the battle, you may have seen the creatures of the deep thoughtlessly strewn aside, defeated. This was the work of Mavia. The woman... Sorry? <laughs> I was uh, throwing my title in there. Oh. <laughs> I, I would add the title, absolutely, sure. yes. The woman nods, seemingly relieved at having an explanation, and uh, you know, murmurs something like, oh yes, thanks be to you, and sort of tries to move back into the crowd, having been nervous about being so exposed. I offer... I sense that she's trying to pull away from me, but I still offer my hand to her. <laughs> Those far enough towards the front of the crowd look at it and sort of seem like sort of seem like they they are trying to figure out if this is a test or a trap or if just like there's anybody here who's like the one being offered the hand and everybody sort of mills around and you actually start to see from the back people sort of like peeling off from the crowd and scurrying away. Mm -hmm. I glance in confusion to Ramnet as this is far from the usual reception. <laughs> And I turn my attention back to them and once again try to single out I, some fury that is mm, of use to me. Mm -hmm. 
I will assert that there is no need to be afraid of her. She is a protector. There is a moderate murmuring among the crowd and, and someone that you can't make out, you know, who who's saying it from the middle or the back says, Well, we certainly aren't worthy, furious queen. What would you have of us? And this is sort of reflected in your scrying of fury. It's it's guttering. It's it's mostly gone from this crowd. Mm-hmm. You are all worthy. And what I would have of you is your fury directed to those that claim otherwise. There's a murmur of assent. People sort of nod to each other and some more appealing off less scurryingly, you know, a little bit more dignified. And so the crowd begins to thin. There are a few, though, uh, who seem still to be regarding you somewhat fervently, Nubia. And one of them says, No, I did hear about you. You came to the docks. You led my cousin and some others up the hill. It's clear things are changing, milady. We're only simple folk, but what will you have us do on your behalf? Yes, I did help your kin and kith in reclaiming their worth that had been previously overlooked. I would have you spread word of my appearance here and resist the word of that false prophet. His, the obsidian god's followers have not turned their back on the god his brother Umber so claims. I'm going to do two things, mm-hmm. hopefully simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do... I'm going to very slowly move forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, if any of them are averting their eyes, raise their chins gently to look at me and touch each of those looking on fervently and kind as though bestowing my blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then each one that I touch, I'm going to give them a ghost miracle, a crown of shadows. But this mm. is a flourish to hide a lesser creation of fury. Mm-hmm. A secret fury, the sort that they intuitively mm. know to keep swallowed down, that the creatures from the deep are not worthy of their reverence, mm-hmm. and mm. they should keep <laughs> that feeling hidden, but share it where appropriate. Mm-hmm. There is a version of this where you've basically just created this world's uh, version of the Black Hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, see, I was thinking this version, this world's version of the uh, the cleaners. Oh, uh, you know that works too. 
Um, in any case, uh, you move through them and they sort of stare at you reverentially as you do this. Oh, one of them, in response to your last words before you've moved uh, to him, says, Furious Queen, what you ask is, Brother Umber, he's a hero of the battle. Many will listen to him. A hero of the battle. Through my dispatch, it seems. What has he done? He, um, he led the charge to the south, repelled the creatures. They broke and ran as he rallied our men, and afterward, he took charge of the triage. Many lives were saved because of him. I don't doubt your word, Furious Queen, but it will be hard to discredit him when mm. he speaks. Many hold him in high esteem. He is worthy of pity. His <laughs> devotion has led him astray. However false his preachings may be. I shall bear it in mind. Meladian, attempt to set others straight where I can. I give uh, the speaker an especially long embrace and maybe mm. a slightly spikier crown. <laughs> <laughs> he shudders as you release him. Uh, and after you've moved through all of them, they all give you sort of a reverential bow and then, you know, sort of uh, straight backed and with powerful strides head their separate ways. Um, watching this, Philia and Imbi have been pretty quiet and attentive. Leorian, have you been doing anything in particular here? I have stopped mm -hmm. playing the drum once Brother Umber ran off, that's for sure. Right, um, sure. And I've sort of been watching in awe. Uh, I am I am ever impressed by the diplomacy of uh, of my companions. I guess I've also been looking around to see, like, there's a gathered crowd who is listening to Brother Umber. Are there other people mm -hmm. around? Are they reacting ambiently in there some are. way? Passersby and onlookers have sort of slowed, and some have then, once they've realized what's going on, hurried past. Others have sort of gathered in twos and threes and fours and murmured amongst themselves about the goings-ons uh, until leaving. A couple have seemed agitated, but not very many. I have begun to attempt to be a hype man for what's happening over there and to talk <laughs> up uh, the talk up, you know, the spiel the spiel that's that's happening. This being my first time using the drum, though, I immediately give the time back, and I would I would assume I talk unintelligibly fast as I rubber band back from my uh, <laughs> my my stealing of time and slowing of Brother Umber. All the same, I'd love for you to make a command inspire roll for dice, uh, but we're going to do it at a penalty. And also improvise it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do it at, at, a, at a penalty, so you're going to roll three dice. Okay, okay. Uh, no matches. High a uh, high ten, actually. High ten. All right. Um, if you wish to give us a snippet or something as sure. per Des's prompt, feel free. But uh, do not feel obliged. No, that's fine. Hey, we're we're here. I, what did I come here to not do this? Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you may, if you've been here another day, have heard the charlatan who is speaking against the darkness, but the darkness is actually here. And the darkness is being the queen. The queen, the queen, the queen is extremely, the queen is extremely dark, and the darkness is from the queen. The queen is the embodiment of the darkness. The queen is the embodiment of darkness, and the embodiment of darkness is the queen. So if you will listen to the queen, then you'll understand the darkness. And if you see the darkness, then you'll understand the darkness. And the darkness, of course, comes to you fully formed in the darkness, and the and the and the form of it, and the form, and the form, the form. That's what I mean to I mean to convey the form of the darkness and the queen. <laughs> so that was incredible Drew. perfect you are still going ask your doctor about the furious queen maybe um. <laughs> i hear she does great acupuncture and uh, make sure very accurate very punctual. i was gonna say maybe approximate <laughs> yeah monitor yourself for abnormal heart rates <laughs> This yeah, never do never do this when under the influence of coffee. I, I don't think, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually, Leorian, do gather some onlookers, if only in awe of your extremely rapid fire speech. Um, and in one case, a uh, sort of adolescent uh, has listened to your sp- sort of spiel, and when you wind down, he gives you a you know, sort of penetrating look and says. Can you teach me how to do that? (laughs) I think for a moment. And then I say, speak on a topic that you care about deeply. And then I begin playing the drum. (laughs) He looks a little confused. Uh... Drew, I think you're creating this world's PT Barnum, <laughs> or uh, at least John Machida, the first auctioneer. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am going to make a roll on this youth's behalf. He begins to very rapidly wax rhapsodic, and I'm assuming this is. Thanks to your drum. Indeed, indeed. Uh, this is happening. Uh, very rapidly wax rhapsodic about the boy he likes. Aww. Uh, and after probably only about 90 seconds, sort of like rubber bands back and sort of catches his breath and looks at you with big eyes and goes, I didn't think it would work, and then runs off in a direction with a lot of dedication. He certainly doesn't hear me. It probably (laughs) takes me 90 seconds to say, tell him how you feel. (laughs) He is literally on a different block by the time you finish saying that. I'm aware, and I'm not sure I care. (laughs) I mean, it can still be some manner of divine inspiration right there. Certainly. So, Mostly this has cleared back to normal traffic by the time this is all done. Philia has been mostly paying attention to first Romnet and then Mavia. As this all sort of goes back to how it was, she seems considering. She's thinking hard about something. No one cares what she's thinking about. (laughs) I mean, I just, you know giving her reaction we only care to the degree that it presents an opportunity or an obstacle yeah but you know that ends sort of the interaction you were having so whatever you want to do now that is information that may or may not be relevant sure can i sure so i did grok umbers 
fury a moment ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can I sense where that has gone? Has it dissipated? Whatever he's feeling now, it's not fury. You can't. You can't map him. Uh if you inquire about it, I will mention that the opened eye is his heretical cult's sign. And I will say it with far more extreme distaste than you've probably heard <laughs> me talk about most things. I was not aware that there is a cult. I just thought it would be a... <laughs> I shuffle my feet, which is something you don't think you've ever seen me <laughs> do before. A cool thing to do. Closing it at the end was a good safeguard there. How so? The orthodox cult sign is the closed eye. Mm. How do you think I came into the service of the obsidian god? You were in a a cult? (laughs) The church grew up around me. Mima would tell me this is a rude question to ask, but how old are you? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Cool. Memory is a bit fuzzy, especially around when... I say Semarin, and it comes out as an echo of something that you know means for Mata, but you can't tell what I actually said. Became for Mata. I see. I had traveled for many years before then. Well, that endeavor would have not been nearly as successful without your usual diplomacy, so thank you for that. Of course. Imbi tugs on one of your tendrils, Navia. I turn my attention to her and almost immediately become Lissa again. Except mm-hmm. when the tendril falls away, it's my hand mm-hmm. that she was tugging on. Imbi is looking up at you with a serious expression, and then she turns to Philia and doesn't seem to say or do anything. But Philia seems to get a message and she sighs. She sort of steps a little closer to Lissa and says, All right, well, I'll tell you this, since you've just done us both a favor. Your friend, the other one, she says, nodding at Imbi. Part of the deal between Nyx and Dagum. Nix didn't have a good way of 
punishing the nobilis of sensation. She got Dagen to do it for her. She's in... And I don't think the gesture of air quotes really <laughs> exists as we would recognize it in Taraxis, but you can hear them around uh, the next bit. Philia says, She's in our care. And she glances meaningfully out at the ocean. Imbi thought you'd want to know. Well, you're welcome. Imbi's a good friend. She is. She is, she is a delight. I, uh, if she's still holding my hand, I squeeze it, even though I look visibly shaken. She is, and you do. She squeezes back. To further our discussion about that which you seem to think us potentially crazy for. Mm -hmm. This is mostly, although not entirely, we do have two imperators directly involved. We have made overtures to several others, but it is mostly a coalition of the nobilis. Dangerous. Go on. If we were able to assemble a sufficiency of nobilis to make it clear to the deep that we could, if we wished, overpower it, would you be willing to join us? She regards you very seriously for a moment. What were you going to say, Robin? I, I'm deliberately not mentioning that this is precisely the terms that we that we agreed on with Rymalus. Yeah, I've, I've picked up that much, but I will, as she is regarding Romnet, I will look to her and smile and say, I was... Not fully in control or understanding of the conflict at hand when last we met, but I understand better, or like to think I do, your circumstances and would welcome you the way I've welcomed others. She gives a slow nod, not taking her eyes off of Romnet. She says, I'm sure you can tell by looking at me, but my bond with my Imperator is the only thing that keeps me alive. Your fury, if I remember correctly, among other things, so you can probably be aware that I'm pretty mad about what happened to me. Both parts. What if I told you that among our allies... As a nobilis who <laughs> perhaps had an even more tenuous grip on life prior to joining our cause, 
and they were able to choose for whom they worked. Hmm. Certainly sounds nice. How to put this? I want to be alive again. I was seven when I drowned. That was 300 years ago. So, I understand that this is the opposite of high-minded, but the only way I will consider helping you and yours work against my Imperator's wishes at the risk of becoming a corpse again is if you can guarantee me that I get to pick up where I left off. Okay? That's the only thing more valuable to me than this strange not-life that I find myself in. It's better than being dead. So I will fight anyone. You, her, she looks at Envy, the world, to hang on to what I've got. And if you destroy the world, well, I guess there won't be a me to be mad, but whatever there is of me will absolutely bear an endless grudge against you for it. I have fought too long and too hard for the existence that I have. So, those are my terms. I will help you if I can live the rest of my life. Otherwise, I follow the orders of my Imperator who keeps me like this. I have been standing there for some time, invoking perfect timing. I say, the youngest Imperator in existence holds power over negation itself. I can't promise what you ask, but I can promise that we are probably the group in creation most equipped to try and work something out. And I would want nothing more for you and, frankly, myself. I, uh, what if I told you that what you're... God believes is the ascension to the throne is an empty promise in and of itself, and that all of creation is doomed to restart regardless. I would believe you, but it wouldn't matter. You know how it is. From all I've heard, the Obsidian God does not understand human life. Dagum? is a force of nature. There's no reasoning with my Imperator. Reason doesn't enter into it. And what of an Imperator that was human? What of it? Whether she's looking at me or not, I am smiling broadly again. <laughs> I, I sense it, and I turn my head and look at Lehorian because this is... You've inquired a great deal of our missing compatriot. Yes, the 
erstwhile nobilis of nothing. You've heard us speak of a new imperator. That gets her attention. You wouldn't think my smile could have become broader, but it does. She licks her sodden lips with a rotten tongue and says, That is news worth considering. I was not supposed to tell you about Apatia, and I'm not supposed to agree to anything like this either, but I would contrive to be busy if you wished to cause a problem for my Imperator. I take a great risk in doing so, but um, now that I know it's possible to cross that membrane, calculations have changed somewhat. We will keep that in mind, and I certainly appreciate it. And and I kind of instinctively uh, crouch down to her level to look her eye to eye and extend out a hand say, if I may, can I consider this a fresh start for us? <laughs> she gives a sort of scoffing laugh and says, <laughs> I suppose you may. And she gives you a business-like handshake and says, I don't think that destroying the object of the war is going to work. If you succeed, I think it's going to end everything. But, but, I'll agree to work with you provisionally towards, shall we say, reigning in the Imperator class. If I can't be alive again, well, maybe I can live differently than I have been. And we will look forward to working with you, and also toward ensuring better outcomes for you and everyone. I will turn to Imbi mm -hmm. and sign at her. Imbi has pulled out a tablet. She's not actually looking at you. She's got like a little sheaf of papers with a hardback and is sort of doing something, you know, on them. And as you are sort of trying to, to sign to her, she shows it to Philia. Um, Philia nods once and says, very well. I should share something else with you. Imbi has communicated to me that you're aware of the ancestor spirits of Diamacor. You should know that Mix has, well, in some form or fashion, enlisted them. She controls them now. If you oppose her, say, if you wish to attempt to help your friend, you should know what you're up against. And Imbi sort of nods in Philia's direction and then turns her attention to Romnet. I, I will thank both of them and then continue to inquire by sign 
whether Imbi is interested in working with us and if she has any preconditions. Imbi gives sort of a silent sigh and regards you and signs back that mostly she wants to go home. Understandable. So most of this time you've been standing off to one side of a street near the harbor. And nothing much has been going on as you've been talking. But MB seems to perceive something stiffen somewhat looking kind of into the middle distance and slightly up. But something does distract both of our nobilis of Mott. Namely, you feel something go wrong. Both of you are going to lose one miracle point from each category and catch yourselves as you sort of are a little dizzy you sort of catch yourself on something nearby. Coming to think of it, actually, Lissa, you might be slightly familiar with this feeling. It makes you think of lying on the ground in Diumacor with Apatia standing over you. I still don't know what happened then, so yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just the feeling is reminiscent. Yeah, there's an echo of it. Imbi, for her part, is still sort of staring up, looking mildly panicky. I look up wherever she's looking. There's just sky. I look with the sight. The sky is close. It's almost brushing the tops of the buildings. Hmm. I think I know who that is. Is there a way to change people's perception of the atmosphere so that they see it as darkness rather than as sky? I mean... Probably nothing that you, Romnet, could do, but if you are asking the question... This is table yeah. talk. Or rather, hey, Mavia. Yes, but losing that one point has made it pretty much impossible for me to wield darkness to do anything right now. Okay. I suspect math was done. You give me far too much credit. <laughs> yeah. I am that kind of GM. Adam is not. <laughs> we're we're just a series of happy accidents here. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Ross. I, for my part, 
give a very defiant look at this guy. <laughs> Fair enough. Ophelia seems a little confused by all of this mostly silent reaction and emoting, and then seems to sort of reach a conclusion and says, All right, well, I'm going to busy myself so as not to draw any attention. You get up to what you're going to get up to, and you know where I'll be. And she starts striding off purposefully in a seemingly random direction. I definitely missed the opportunity to ask if she had any suggestions on how to keep her god busy in particular. (laughs) However, it is not the time nor place since we seem to have other divine attention upon us. (laughs) But I certainly do my best to look like I was not just close to envy in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) This is a strange question, perhaps. The sky is close. Does it speak to us? Is it indicating anything in particular, or is it simply closer than it should be? I think it's just an indication of the shape of reality sure. these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So it's not... I thought we somehow had the attention of Mexican, but that makes me feel better. It is daylight so the Uh, sky closing in probably wouldn't be an indication of nyx not nyx no that would be sirtha if it's daylight uh did we ever find the last one that was in fermata interesting As Philia strides off, MB sort of regards the three of you in turn and then sort of shakes her head, eyes closed, and gives a little bow, hands a folded paper to Lissa and starts walking back the way you came, presumably towards the end that you had left from. I called... Before opening the paper, I call to her retreating back. Thank you, NB. I value your friendship. And She pauses slightly and gives a little wave over her shoulder and then heads back up the hill. I open the paper, perhaps trying to shield it from the sky, suddenly paranoid as I am. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You open the paper, and... You're a little unnerved by how close this hues to some of the half-remembered imagery from the dream you had in Laurentin. There's writing on the bottom. The image that she's drawn near the top is a pair of familiarly shaped eyes, hollowed out and weeping blood. And at the bottom, it says... In sort of a shaky, childlike hand in understandable Taraxin. Nyx will be the only one. Apatia may never be free again. 
Not what I was hoping for. But I, I pocket the paper and straighten myself up again and set my jaw and say that, well, we have a god to irritate. <laughs> and We have several to choose from. And I think that's where we'll end our session. I like that as an ending note quite a lot. Actually, <laughs> I may be the only one, but uh, I assure you, you are I not. extremely yeah. appreciate it. Uh, well, not you, but the Furious Queen is in fact furious. <laughs> we do need to go pr cause problems on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and I do have my line too, so. <laughs> Excellent. So. We thank you if you're hearing this for tuning in. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode uh, as perhaps harrowing as parts of it might be. But uh, we hope that you'll tune in again. I don't think I have anything else to leave us with. So players, if you'd like to say goodbye to the kind folks at home. Thank you for listening. And remember, to be on borrowed time is no bad thing. Just share and share alike. Thanks for listening, everyone. And it's never too late in life to look at someone through a fresh perspective, mm. even if they smell decidedly unfresh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening, folks. And sometimes orthodoxy is its own price. <laughs> And as the poet once said, I woke cold and alone, adrift in the open sea, caught up in regrets and tangled in nets instead of your arms wrapped around me. Thank you for tuning in, dear listeners, and stick around through the admin stuff for some terrible lines from Lissa. The songs in this episode, Theme of the Dice Punks and its acoustic version, were written and recorded by the Viscount of Tempo and his element, Drew cover art is by joanne who has appeared on the podcast now and again check out her work around the internet where she goes by anything so's site design and graphics for dicepunks.com are by robin the player behind lissa and mavia the nobilis of darkness fury and sacrifice rain and the one roll engine it runs on were created by greg stoltze and you can find him at gregstoltze.com uh he's been up to some uh new additions of some stuff lately so go check it out Nobilis was created by Jenna Cameron Moran and can be found alongside a lot of her stuff at farandsunlesslam.wordpress.com and uh, she's been talking about uh, newer stuff on Twitter as well, so go check her out. Links to both systems and authors can be found on the Punk Grimoire section of our website, dicepunks.com. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, well, that's reward enough on its own. But if you're inclined, you can help us out by rating and reviewing us wherever you listen to us, telling your friends who you think would like us to give us a listen, and even by heading over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash dicepunks. We have fun rewards available to backers, including a patron-only Discord and access to the Dice Peaks after show for episodes one and following. Regardless, we hope you'll tune in again. And until then, remember, subtlety is for cowards.
I present to you some truly horrific and failed lines. A shark just ate my girlfriend. Will you be my new one? Ooh, no, 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 no. That's that's not funny right now. Anyone ever tell you you've got one shell of a body? Are you an octopus? Because you octopi my thoughts. Hey, wanna free my willy? I don't get that one. I love your outfit. It's so sophisticated. Ugh. My point is... There are no good pickup lines involving the ocean. Zero. And just as there is a drought of pickup lines about large bodies of water, so too is the deep and deep 